Do, 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 do. Let's have a look what's going on in Warmer Community, eh? Hmm. Oh, what's this? What's this? What's this? What the? Well, so it appears on Necromunda you can fly around on a jet bike, but a Space Marine chapter has to keep old functioning ones running, like old Samuel here, or the White Scars chapter, who can't have flying bikes, that's why they've got normal bikes. <clears throat> I went to talk about this subject a while back, but I wasn't too sure how to frame it as a, as a, as a talking point. But I guess my, my issue with some of the 40k lore at the moment, and it's to do with Bella Rosaria's call, even though I do like the character, but it's uh, the direction of things. I don't know how I'm going to articulate this, but hopefully it makes sense. The, the problem with 40k is you've got differing levels of technology now within the lore. And it sort of breaks the lore because some of the original things that sort of made up the universe of 40k was technological decline. I did a video based on someone's sort of forum post a long time ago uh, on the problem of STCs. So if you want to watch that, I think that really sums up my, my attitude, my vision of what the old law used to be about how human society doesn't have access to certain forms of technology, which is why the Tau seem have such an edge over the Imperium, right? That's why the forces of chaos are able to do certain things that the Imperium can't. It's not just because they have access to, you know, warp magic, basically. They also are free, the Dark Mechanicum anyway, or before the Dark Mechanicum anyway. They were able to use forms of technology that the Imperium just doesn't have access to, or is forbidden. And it comes down to simple things like, you know, AI is forbidden. And we get, we get, this is still there in the law, but then you have issues like this emerge which kind of contradict the entire flavour of the universe. And it's a bit troubling. It's a bit schizophrenic in terms of how the law functions. Because I can understand the justification for Necromunda, right? And it's a small thing. But they have got an entire game on it. And Necromunda is one of the most powerful planets within the Imperium. Just in terms of its industrial output, its size, whatever. The problem is that normal people shouldn't have access to anti-grav technology. And I know who's to blame. I know who did this. It was Dan Abnett. <laughs> Dan Abnett did this. And he did this within the Eisenhorn novels. And I can understand why he did it as a storytelling aid. He basically allowed Eisenhorn and the gang and stuff like this to, they're on these civilian planets. Well, how do you get around on a civilian planet? Do you catch a train? Do you get a car? No, you jump in a speeder, whatever that is. Some kind of floating tank, you know, sort of, you know, like a land speeder, that sort of thing. And the problem is with that, as much as it helps the flow of a story and so on, it breaks the universe somewhat because it shows that this area, at least, of the Imperium, and that's how I kind of justified it to myself, this bit of the Imperium has just got access to these things. They manufacture them locally, they've got that kind of technology, and that's how you can justify the Necromunda thing. They, they, don't, they know how to make these things. They might not be SDC compliant, or they might be based on a very basic and broken down version of the STCs. But, you know, the Mechanicum doesn't put their stamp of approval on them. And the Mechanicum doesn't manufacture these things. I guess that's the only way you can really justify it. Because 
like it was always a big thing, you know, like in the Horus Heresy, they had jet bikes and things like this. This is before the Horus Heresy books. And that's why it always seemed so cool because they were, back in the past, they had access to these kind of machines. But after the Heresy, with how much damage was done and so on, they weren't able to manufacture things to the highest standard anymore. And some technology was just lost. This is the flavor you get from a lot of the early Forge World stuff, the early Imperial Armor stuff. You know, some of these tanks are, they're either thousands of years old or they can only be manufactured in very small numbers from individual forge worlds which jealously guard the schematics the the the, the plans on how to manufacture these advanced you know plasma weaponry and all this sort of stuff some some forge worlds are unique in that they can produce certain things but then you get this where necromunda's just churning out all these advanced technologies and stuff and like i said necromunda is a bit of a trouble point for me because I understand that they want to continuously innovate. I don't know how popular the game is. It must be popular because it's been going for a long time and it gets a lot of support. But it's been, they've been pushing like this sort of technological stuff that really in the 40k universe shouldn't really exist to the, to the extent that it does. I know there's the whole thing with Vansar. I think they've got like an, an STC or a, a fragmented STC machine that the house guards so they're able to give themselves advanced technology and stuff like this and it gives them an edge against other houses and stuff that's a whole part of the law but this just troubles me a little bit and, it, and i feel like it's something that 40k is losing because the whole one of the whole one of the big draws of it was for instance like spaceships and stuff they don't know how it works like they know how to it's, it's like um someone being given the instructions and how to like <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Someone, it's someone being able to, given the instructions on how to build something, but having no understanding of the underlying science or whatever behind that object. It's like being given all the information about how to build a car, right? Step by step, this is what you do. This is how you build an internal combustion engine. But you don't actually understand what, how it works, why it works. All you know is that it works. And that's always been the fun thing about Mechanicum. Like, they pray to the machine god that the thing works. They don't understand how it works. They've been given this, this, this gift of knowledge on how to do things, how to build a plasma engine, how to build a warp engine, how to build a Gellerfield. They know what it does, but they don't know how it does what it does. So they're always praying. They're always like, oh, you know, they've got to give it the ritual bang on the side when it stops working because they don't know how to fix it. And I've always liked that. But stuff like this, it sort of, it diminishes that aspect of the 40k law when you can just churn out jet bikes and it sort of diminishes the eldar as well it might like in the last couple of years the eldar don't seem like a very advanced species at all i mean yeah they've got access to the webway and i guess that's always the thing that they're a fallen empire they're just a remnant people but there was an advanced element to them you know they had these anti-grav things and humanity had their own version of them but they were crude and cumbersome and so on now calls come back He's brought back a lot of this advanced technology. And I can understand the justification for that. I know people don't like it, but I can understand the justification for that. And they've done a... Like Guy Haley's novels have done a good job of... Mm, sweetening the uh, sweetening the bad medicine and making it acceptable to me. But it still does break the rules of the universe that have been established. Now, I know people are saying 40k has always been a bit all over the place with law and stuff. And it has. But there are some fundamental things... Uh, that may, and, they're, and they're fundamental in the way that they make 40k stand out from other universes. You know, it's, the spaceships have giant cathedrals on them because they're dead superstitious, because the thing that they're floating through hell, the demon scape with, the warp, <clears throat> however you want to define what the warp is, 
the way they're they're protecting themselves and so on, they don't actually fully understand how it works. So they they're in. They have to rely on the machine spirit. They have to rely on the Mechanicum or the Emperor in his in his aspect as the, as the machine god, which is what they believe. This is the 40k theology. So it's it's a fascinating sort of area. It's good to think about. It's fun to think about. You got to understand that, like, it's something that's that's lost. It's sort of mentioned, but it isn't gone into that much anymore. Like about the superstitious nature of how they use technology, the fact that they don't understand their own technolo technological base. So the base of their entire empire, making these ships, warp travel, all this, is based on technology that they don't understand. And I feel like that's diminished somewhat. And Call, to be fair, Call is in the same boat, but Call is, you know, he's a bit of a, he's an OP character. But um, from him, I could, I could accept this kind of thing, I guess, because he's such a cool character, which such an interesting character, funny character. But when these things are popping up on Necromunda, he just... You're just like, okay, well, why can't the Dark Angels have jet bikes then? Why aren't the Ravenwing on jet bikes? Why aren't the White Scars just using jet bikes all again? Why are, why are, why are Escher gangers using jet bikes? I don't know. It's just a weird thing. I just wanted to call it out. Not call it out, but, you know, discuss. Um, that's pretty much all I want to say. Just a quick little rant thing today. It's just, it rubs me wrong. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for watching. I'll be back again with bigger stuff very soon. Uh, I just saw this and I wanted to make a comment on it. But yeah, let me know what you think. Because, I mean, I'm not wrong here, am I? That that aspect of 40k law was always prominent in my mind. Like, it's a, it's a decaying human species which has remnants of knowledge. And the remnants that they have mean that they're superstitious about the technology they use. You know, because they don't understand it. <laughs> they're, they're reliant on stuff that they don't understand. And as well, it's, it's always been a thing of... I remember it being mentioned quite a lot, like the, the, re, the, the technological base of humanity is so blunt and so on. It's because out of all, when, when humanity collapsed during the Golden Age or the Age of Strife, the, the, the majority of humanity that survived into the Great Crusade and the Heresy, their technological base, the knowledge base they were working with, if they didn't go full feral, was farming equipment because it was the agri-worlds, the underpopulated worlds, the worlds on the edges of human civilization, which in very much similar to the Elder, which survived this great calamity, these wars, this demonic incursions, these psycho outbursts, because they had smaller population. This is my vision anyway. I don't think it's ever been explained explicitly like this, but that's the vibe I got. These, so, so when humanity began to rebuild and so on, or the bits of it that survived, they were working with basically, you know, heavy industrial technology. So they adapted that technology when they still knew what they were doing or that was the only sort of STC schematics and templates that were given to frontier agri agrarian societies and so on. And when they built back, that's where they came. That, that's, that's the base of the technology they had. So the tanks are like giant tractors. You know, the weapons are dead basic. Uh, you know, you've got these remnants, but they don't understand how they work. The Imperial Knights are people who... The reason why chainswords are so prominent is because they were used as a survival thing, you know? <laughs> that's that's the vibe I got. Then Imperial Knights are, you know, walkers that you would use in mining, uh, harvesting, and so on. And over the centuries, it became a, a hereditary feudal system with the people who controlled these knights ruling over, or, you know, because they were the defenders of them, or just because they <clears throat> they took power for themselves because they had access to this technology, this power. 
they became the rulers of these worlds, the night worlds. Stuff like that, you know, I think it's really interesting. I think, I think it was a fun part of the lore that really added to an understanding of how humanity got to where it's got now. And you, you got to think, it's the same thing here. If your civilization collapses within three or four generations, people don't remember it, right? If you have full societal collapse, to whatever extent that means, right? The, the, the central government collapses, whatever. You're brought down to a certain level. Now, you might have knowledge, you might have access to libraries, you might have books and stuff like this, but if there's no contiguous political unit ruling things and in, in you know that sort of thing then how how does a society remember what it is how does a society function and this is this is the fun part of 40k because you can see how how that developed how that rebuilt itself after this end of the universe end of human civilization event or series of events depending i don't know am i ranting i'm ranting i'll see you next time thanks for watching Bye bye